What's happening, everybody? On today's show, some big changes to the Florida coaching staff. What does it all mean for Billy Napier? And never good when some of your football players get arrested in the offseason. We'll update you on two big names in LSU and Georgia. And Greg McElroy ranks his top five SEC coaches. Locked on SEC starts right now. You are locked on SEC, your daily podcast on the Southeastern Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And what is happening, everybody? Welcome into Locked on SEC. It's great to have you guys along. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked on. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked on today to get started. I'm Chris Gordy. Thanks for making Locked on SEC your first listen every day. Remember, Locked on SEC is free and available on all platforms, including YouTube and at LockedOnSEC.com. Let's jump into it. Let's go around the conference. Boots out to the right. Around the conference. And we start over at Florida as the big news taking place the last couple of days. Patrick Tony was the co defensive coordinator and Florida's defensive play caller last season under Billy Napier. His Gator defense finished 12th in the conference in total yards per game, giving up 411 per contest. It finished tied for 10th in the SEC in scoring defense, allowing 28.8 points per game. But now it appears. Tony's year in Gainesville has come to an end. According to ESPN's Chris Lowe, Tony is heading to the NFL for a job with the Arizona Cardinals, reportedly as their defensive secondary coach. The Cardinals recently hired former Eagles defensive coordinator Jonathan Gannon as their new head coach, and he is building some pieces on his staff. It has been a quick rise for Patrick Tony, who in 2019 was promoted uh, for, from safeties coach to defensive coordinator out at Louisiana Lafayette under Billy Napier. And many believe uh, he's one heck of a coach and going to continue to rise through the ranks as he heads off to the NFL. Now, a few people we've talked with have said Gator fans weren't exactly patient with Tony, talking trash about him, uh, you know, constantly with the defense struggling and that sort of thing. But, man, what a rise for a guy going from safeties coach in 2019 to now an NFL position coach. And some believe he'll be an NFL defensive coordinator sooner rather than later. So congrats to Patrick Tony, but it leaves a hole on Florida staff to fill. And Florida not waiting long to find his replacement. As details came out this week, that Florida pursuing Alabama assistant Austin Armstrong as their next co-defensive coordinator. And now Chris Lowe says, Armstrong, you know, would replace Tony as Gators co-defensive coordinator and primary play caller. Um, The 29-year-old Armstrong was hired as Alabama's inside linebackers coach back in January. So he hasn't been in Tuscaloosa very long. He was previously the defensive coordinator at Southern Miss for the past two seasons. And while at Southern Miss, he was the youngest defensive coordinator in the FBS. Southern Miss ranked 55th nationally in yards per play allowed back in 2022. And uh, Florida will be hoping to take a big step forward defensively. Last year, the Gators ranked 12th in yards per play and, of course, finished 6-7 in Billy Napier's first season. And, uh, again, the numbers speak for themselves in his time at Southern Miss. Now, people we've talked to at Alabama were very high on Austin Armstrong's arrival and were hopeful that he was going to have a big impact on that defense under Kevin Steele and 
be another voice in that room to help contribute and develop. And, of course, a little bit younger, closer to the age of some of the guys who are going to be playing on that team. But uh, nonetheless, it is a loss for Alabama and a gain for Florida as Patrick Tony out and sounding like Austin Armstrong will be in as co-defense coordinator. The uh, other co-defense coordinator of Florida is Sean Spencer. But again, reports say that uh, Armstrong would be the primary defensive play caller there. Now, there was some other Gator staff news as uh, more guys heading off in uh, other news, Florida tight ends coach William Piegler expected to accept a role with the Arizona Cardinals as well. That's according to a report from On3 Sports. Piegler just finished his first season in Gainesville, was hired to coach the tight ends under Billy Napier, was previously the running backs coach at Michigan State. Florida's tight end group was solid last year, but not all that uh, flashy. Keon Zipper led all tight ends with 13 catches, also went for a career-high 177 yards and score a touchdown. Piegler, 37 years old, has never worked in the NFL prior to this, but I have to think he came well recommended by uh, Patrick Tony. So uh, we'll see what happens there with uh, William Piegler jumping ship, who the next tight ends coach will be for the Gators. And another position coach they'll have to fill as well. Receivers coach Kerry Colbert is reportedly heading to the NFL on three sports reporting that Colbert expected to join the Denver Broncos coaching staff. So he becomes the third Florida assistant coach in the last couple of days to jump to the NFL ranks. Colbert's been a college coach since 2013. This will be his first stint in the NFL. Prior to arriving at Florida, he worked in multiple roles on Clay Helton's staff out at USC. Also worked for Alabama and Georgia State as a player. Had a nice career in college and the NFL and uh, was helping out that Florida receiving core that just battled a ton of injuries last year. Ricky Parasol led the team with 660 yards and five touchdowns, but the Gators scored just 18 receiving touchdowns on the year. That was tied for 11th in the SEC. So some holes to fill there for Billy Napier and a lot of eyes on Billy Napier. If you're reading some of the national stories, some folks saying, Napier could be on the hot seat already going into just year two on the job in Gainesville. The uh, Gator faithful, they can be patient, but they also want to win. And finishing sub-500 in year one feels like a big step back from where they were previously. And so we'll we'll, uh, see in time. Can Billy Napier get this thing turned around? Offense wasn't all that bad last year, but you do lose Anthony Richardson. What's that going to look like with a new quarterback stepping in and Grant Mertz? Transfer from Wisconsin. ATM looked pretty good in the run game. Offensive line going to have to retool some pieces, losing Osiris Torrance. But the primary focus has to be that defense. Getting more aggressive, getting more sound, tackling. Um, it was a lot of pieces that uh, they were lacking last year. And so here's open if Austin Armstrong is the guy to come in, that he can help get that defense fixed and where it needs to be for Napier and his staff next year in Gainesville. Of course, we'll talk a little bit more on the Florida Gators in the coming weeks as we start to do our spring previews, and we'll get our buddy uh, Brandon Olson from Locked on Gators on to get his thoughts on where the Gators are heading into spring number two under Billy Napier. But obviously, like we said, some holes to fill on that staff. We'll get to more going on around the conference in just a second, but want to thank you guys for making Locked on SEC your first listen every day. 
Uh, this episode is presented to you by our friends over at FanDuel. It has been the midweek uh, point or the uh, midpoint of the season this week of the NBA season, and now is the perfect time to download the FanDuel app, America's number one sports book, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That is bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. You just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and easy to use. You can bet on everything from the money line to point scores and three points drained. Just uh, go download the app and start making your bets today. FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game part light. Don't miss your chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets. When you go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn, that is FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sports betting partner of the NBA. Run along here, Locked On SEC, and we got some more stuff to get into, stories going on around the conference. We mentioned players getting arrested, never a good storyline in the offseason. We head over to LSU as Malik Neighbors, their top receiver from last year, was arrested this week, charged with illegal carrying of a weapon. We told you about that story earlier this week, but it sounds like Neighbors could see his pending legal problems go out the window if he meets a condition set by the state. According to reporter Michael Cobble of WBRZ in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, the state, will refuse charges on the condition that neighbors doesn't get his gun returned to him. So basically, you were carrying around this gun. You didn't have a permit for it. We took it away. As long as you're cool with never getting it back, we'll drop the charges. We'll see if that is the route that he takes. Uh, he was arrested late Monday night, released from Orleans Paris Jail on Tuesday morning. It was Mardi Gras this past weekend. Malik is a uh, neighbors is a Louisiana native, and um, again, if you're going to carry a weapon, make sure you have a permit to do so. Neighbors led LSU with 72 catches for over a thousand yards last year, three touchdowns. Expected to be the go-to target once again. We'll see if Brian Kelly opts for any kind of uh, in-house punishment or. Maybe he gets suspended for the season opener against Florida State. That would be a big one to miss. Their leading pass catcher. Plenty of time before we get there. We'll see what happens. Meanwhile, over at Georgia, they're dealing with a arrest of their own. Jamin Dumas Johnson, key piece of that Georgia National Championship run last year, was reportedly arrested Wednesday night. According to Seth Emerson with The Athletic, the linebacker booked into Athens, Clark County Jail for misdemeanor charges of reckless driving and racing on a highway or street. He was released shortly after 7 p.m. Eastern. Kirby Smart and the Bulldogs will see uh, how they address the issue. Again, none of these earth-shattering in light of the stuff going on over at Alabama. Um, but nonetheless, just boneheaded things. Don't do it. Don't wind up getting arrested in your offseason. This is the time, though, that little downtime between the seasons ended and spring ball begins for the next season. It's where guys find themselves in trouble. So uh, we'll see what happens. Dumas Johnson finished second on the team last year with 70 tackles, nine tackles for a loss, four sacks, three pass breakups, and a forced fumble. So see what Georgia does, if anything, to uh, address this with Dumas Johnson moving forward. In other news going on around the conference, Auburn going to lose some depth on their offensive line. Avery Jernigan, backup offensive lineman the last three years, no longer with the program, according to AL.com. Left the team on his own accord, was a three-star recruit from the state of Georgia back in 2020. Six foot four, 310 pounds. Uh, 
was listed on the team's depth chart last year as the number four option at center. Uh, did work in practice some at left guard. Uh, Auburn's going to start their spring practice this Monday with the A-Day game set for April 8th at Jordan-Hare Stadium. And offensive line going to have a lot of new faces. A couple of mid-year enrollees like four-star center Connor Liu, three-star Juco transfer Xavier Miller, and three-star signees Clay Wedden and uh, Braden Joyner. So a lot of different pieces there. Uh, they also have some experience in transfers, Kentucky center Avery Jones, Tulsa offensive tackle Dylan Wade, and Western Kentucky offensive tackle Gunnar Britton. They've got some returnees and Jeremiah Wright, Tate Johnson, Cam Studs. So we'll see. It's a work in progress, but Auburn offensive line should be improved this year. In fact, it would have to be moving into 2023. Over at Kentucky, defensive back Taj Dodson has retired from the game of football Amid a bunch of injuries, the former Wildcat DB did not appear on Kentucky's latest roster list, and a school spokesman confirmed the news this week. Appeared 19 games over his four years in Lexington as a Kentucky graduate, having went through Senior Day festivities last fall. Over at Ole Miss, they are expected to hire a former Power 5 offensive coordinator to their staff on, on three sports, reporting that former Texas, Syracuse, and USF offensive coordinator Sterling Gilbert Going to join the Rebels. He was at Syracuse in 2020 after he was the head coach at McNeese State in 2019. So we'll see what role he plays there on the staff for Ole Miss. And uh, one last note on Georgia. The uh, Bulldogs going to make their trip or maybe planning their trip to the White House. Uh, Athens Banner Herald reported on Wednesday the Bulldogs were officially invited to the White House to meet President Joe Biden. A White House official said in a statement... The uh, last college football champion to visit the White House was LSU back in 2020 after they beat Clemson to claim the national title. We'll see if Georgia accepts the invite and heads up to D.C. soon. Thank you guys again for making Locked on SEC your first listen every day. Coming up next, Greg McElroy naming his top five coaches in the SEC. We'll hit on that next. Rolling along here, locked on SEC, and figure this is a nice, you know, fun little off-season topic. Greg McElroy answering a fan question that uh, people love to kick around. Name the current top five coaches in the SEC on his Always College Football podcast show. Greg McElroy said the top two are fairly interchangeable depending on the time frame that you use. He chose. Alabama head coach Nick Saban, of course, I said because of his breadth of success, most notably the seven national championships and consistently coaching his team to play at the highest of levels. Of course, coming at number two, the reigning national champ. It is Kirby Smart. Uh, He said it was a closer margin than probably ever before. Now, as worth mentioning, Greg McElroy played at Alabama. So is he showing a little Bama bias, putting Saban number one? There are some people who would put at least right now, we're not talking all time, we're talking just right now in the college football world, what's like Kirby Smart ahead of Nick Saban. Just one back-to-back. He's the reigning national champion winner this year and last year. One back-to-back and beat Saban head-to-head in that game uh, a season ago. So, look, 
I'm fine either way. You want to rank Kirby one, you want to rank Saban two, you want to flip-flop it, whatever. But again, we're talking about right now in 2023. We're not talking about all time because we know Saban is going to be very high on that list, if not the greatest of all time. Coming in behind him, Greg McElroy lists Brian Kelly at LSU as his number three coach in the conference. He indicated he was on a broadcast for an LSU game six times this past season, including the week one loss to Florida State. And week 13, he said, to see how much that team improved over the course of the season was remarkable. From the start, coming in with all the transfers and all the new pieces he had, had to rebuild that team that was kind of decimated in the exit of Ed Ogeron. And Brian Kelly hit the ground running and did a great job. So, uh, And, of course, you take into account a little bit of his past success at Notre Dame and all that. But right now, Brian Kelly, the number three coach in the SEC, according to Greg McElroy. He also pointed to the uh, two freshman offensive tackles uh, at LSU, as well as a freshman defender who were argue- LSU's arguable best players. And he also had a wide receiver who was a little bit of a headache in Kayshawn Booty, and he overcame it all and had success and won the SEC West in year one. So again, Nick Saban one, Kirby Smart two, and Brian Kelly three. Who comes in at number four on the list for Greg McElroy? He's got Lane Kiffin. But Lane Kiffin checking in at number four on Greg McElroy's top five SEC coaches. He noted how the Rebels bounced back from the roster losses off the team of 2021 when you consider they lost Matt Corral and all the other pieces. He said, I think Lane is able to replenish his roster as good as just about anybody, and he's going to have to replenish again, and he's trying to do that. He's not just going to roll with Jackson Dart into next season. He's bringing in some competition. Spencer Sanders, Walker Howard. We'll see how this one plays out, but Lane Kiffin the fourth best coach in the SEC, according to Greg McElroy. And right behind him, coming at number five, one of the fast risers in the conference, he's got Tennessee's Josh Heupel at number five. And he said, look, just like Lane Kiffin, it's one thing to break through. It is another thing to sustain. McElroy said, I am cautiously optimistic that Heupel is going to be able to sustain into the upcoming season. This is the biggest question for Tennessee. Keep in mind, remember when Texas won the bowl game a couple years ago? Sam Ellinger's up there and yells, we're back. It feels like that right now with Tennessee. They're back. But are they? Can they sustain? Can they build off of what they just had? Or was it a one-hit wonder? Was it a great double-digit win season with Hendon Hooker and Jalen Hyatt and Cedric Tillman and all those guys are gone? And now we kind of got to retool and rebuild. Do we take a big step back? We like what we've seen out of Joe Milton so far, but he's still got a long ways to go before he can be Hendon Hooker, right? Hendon Hooker was special and very good for a reason. It's been a big topic of people I've talked to this offseason on Tennessee. What are the expectations for them? And, you know, do we drop our impression of Josh Heupel if this is a seven-win Tennessee team this year? I don't think they are. I think they will sustain but what does success this year look like is nine wins good is that considered sustained success for him from last year i would say yes but anything less than that if if they if they go seven and five that's a disappointment that's a big drop off from uh where they just were so again josh heupel greg mcelroy's rankings he's got him as the fifth best coach in the sec and a chance to stay there if not go higher 
if Hypo builds off that season and has another great year there in Knoxville, and I think we can start to consider, are the Vols back? I think there's a good chance they are. And that is going to do it for this edition of Locked on SEC. Thank you guys for listening and subscribing and making Locked on SEC your first listen every day. Now you go check out our brand new podcast, the Locked on College Basketball Podcast. Everything you need to know about college hoops all in one place. Plus hear from some big name experts, insiders, coaches, and players. Locked on College Basketball, available on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Chris Gordy. Talk to you guys next week right here on Locked on SEC.